That's interesting. So the partnership with Columbia, was it, you know, you were in class with like a co- like a, you know, a class at Columbia or was it more teachers or professors from Columbia taught you guys classes? So how did that work out there? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. It's, it was literally us getting thrown into a Columbia class. So literally we were registered Columbia students. Hey, college kids, welcome back to my podcast, Who Cares About College? In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Ami. So could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, My name is Ami. I'm originally from New York City, um, but now go to school at a place called Lehigh University, which is in Pennsylvania, um, specifically Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm currently majoring in industrial systems engineering with minors in design and music and um, currently a sophomore. So graduating expected in 2023. Um, but yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's start from the very beginning. Are you the first in your family to go to college in America? Or did you have parents or maybe siblings who went? I actually am. So um, I'm an only child. So I don't have any other siblings. Um, and both of my parents actually didn't go to college technically. Um, one kind of went to college in Japan, but um, another went to college in Japan as well, which is like a fashion college. So totally different from um, anything here. Um, so yeah, kind of pretty first gen mm-hmm. uh, experience that, I, that I've had. Um, but yeah. In terms of like guiding you through the college process, was your school... I guess, well-equipped with resources, APs, IBs, you know, SAT prep. So did you at least have your school to tell you what to do with your college application and how to format it? Yeah, um, for me personally, um, I will say my school was pretty good in preparing me. Um, so I went to a school in New York City. It's called Columbia Secondary School. Um, we're directly associated with kind of Columbia University. So um, we got a lot, we got to like take classes at Columbia, which was really helpful. Um, so I kind of got a glimpse at college in that way. Um, and then the college counselor was just really supportive of me. Um, and the classes were pretty rigorous in terms of helping me prepare for college. Um, we only had like three or four APs because we had that partnership with Columbia. So we can, instead of taking APs, we would take college classes, but um yeah it it was i would say it was a mix so um it was there if you you kind of um sought it out and so um if you wanted support you can get it but if you didn't it it was kind of like figure it out um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's smaller much smaller school so i would say overall kind of supportive but you'd have to like really go for it that's interesting so the partnership with columbia was it you know you were in class with like a co- like a, you know a class at Columbia, or was it more teachers or professors from Columbia taught you guys classes? So how did that work out there? Yeah, um, that's a good question. It's it was literally us getting thrown into a Columbia class. So literally, we were registered Columbia students. I still have my Columbia ID, email, etc. Um, and we would yeah we would be able to kind of sit in to any kind of classes. Usually, they were introduction classes. Um, and so I took economics, I took music, um, music classes, etc. Um, and yeah, we were, it's called dual enrollment. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've definitely heard of it. 
um, where you like take classes at a different institution. Um, and usually those credits count towards your degree when you're going to college. So it's super helpful for me because it saved some, some money and some time. Um, but yeah, also just got me accustomed into the college environment, which was pretty rigorous. Um, but yeah, it was also definitely kind of fun to, to make college friends in high school and, Mm -hmm. um, live a little bit, have a kind of glimpse of college life, um. And I did that for another college as now as well called Baruch College, which is in the city as well. So I did that at both Columbia and Baruch. Um, but you had to kind of like apply to get to get into those classes as well. Oh, so, so you had to. When did you? So you said you had to apply to get into those classes. So it's not like Columbia was just accepting anyone like from the school. Like you guys come and take classes. Right. So you had to have like a certain. There's a certain GPA requirement. So. Depending on your grade, you have to have over like a 95% or 90 or 85 or whatever. Um, and then you have to have like all, like some of these requisites, etc. You have to like write a short essay. Um, and then and then they would there's like a committee that approved you or disproved you. I would say like um, by senior year, probably 20. Five to thirty percent of our students in my class ha- had taken Columbia classes, which is a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely like a great program. It's the same thing for for the Baruch College thing. Um, it's called College Now, which is like a program in New York City, and students can take kind of any college classes at the CUNYs, which is a, the city colleges, um, for free. So. Um, yeah, so basically after school, you would just like go to go to these classes and take them. I mean, this this is really interesting. I've never heard of this, like you can directly go. I mean, I've heard of community college, you know, you do dual enro- enrollment there, but I mean, Columbia. And what was the other college you mentioned? It's called Baruch College. So it's mm-hmm. a, a city college in New York City. Um, they're well known for like business. Um, but yeah, they, they, they have this... Um, program called college now in new york city specifically that allows you to that allows a lot of different i think most schools uh, most students from most schools especially public schools um to take these um classes uh at uh, on these campuses as well so yeah so did your school say like oh you need to complete i don't know 50 percent, 75 percent of your classes within school and then the other 25 however many percent you could do in Columbia or could you I know maybe when you go to junior year and you're taking more challenging courses could you just do the majority of your classes at Columbia if you wanted so there is a minimum like requirement to get your high school degree um and so there for for my high school there is kind of three layers I would say the first is like your min- the minimum requirement um for all like New York City public schools um so my school is a public school but it's like screened um, so you had to like take a test to get in, but, um, yeah, so the, I would say like the first was you just had to make uh, minimum, all these minimum requirements, like take, um, three or four years of like sciences and or four years of sciences and, um, et cetera. Uh, we had to take engineering, four years of engineering and four years of philosophy. Um, we had to take, oh, maybe not actually, um, we had to take like four years of math get at least to like calculus and math or something um there's just all these requirements that to get like a new york city public um high school you know degree and then um 
the second one was you like it's called a CSS degree, which is like just our school names degree. Um, and then that would just be like the minimum requirements for for the high school degree plus those four years in engineering, four years in philosophy. Um, you had to kind of take uh, one or two more extra classes in certain subject areas um, and get to like a certain quote unquote level in some of these subject areas. And then, yeah, and then um, most Columbia classes, probably no Columbia classes would count towards any of those degrees. So it would just literally be um, for like kind of your future or um, if, you know, you finished AP bio in junior year and you wanted to learn more about bio, you can take a bio class at Columbia because it's more advanced. Um, so stuff like that. So for people who kind of already completed those degrees, it'd be really nice. Or for people who are just like looking to learn more in classes or learn more um, and take these classes um, so we don't have to pay as much and um, do as much for the in the future in college. But yeah. We okay. So in the end of high school, so after senior year, how many? You did say you had you guys had a few APs. So how many AP credits and then college credits did you have by the time you graduated? So I had zero AP credits, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I had um, around like twelve college credits. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 12. Um, but yeah, so I, I had like around 12 college credits and zero, absolutely no APs because we had like an AP bio and I wasn't really good at bio and I didn't like bio. We had AP physics. Um, I was okay at physics, but I didn't want to take physics. I was just very lazy in senior years in some points. Um, and then we had APCS, but I didn't take the, the, test because I had to I was in a different country at that point and I didn't want to come back we're in a different country what yeah um very long story but I play soccer and I was competing in in another country um and yeah it was like so like I didn't I didn't actually take any APs uh we had AP Lit and Lang um but I wasn't very I just wasn't, I guess I wasn't that like excited in school in general. I wasn't that motivated in school um, to do those things. But um, yeah, we had a couple APs. Those were probably the extent that we had them. So like five or six classes maybe. Um, And none of them were ones that I really was interested in. Um, But yeah, I I, I took a lot of college classes. So that helped an incredible amount. And Lehigh is a private university and private universities, especially when you get more prestigious, they don't accept much credit AP or college, I think. But did your college credits like transfer into Lehigh University? Yeah. So I think all of my college credits transferred. Um, I think. Was that a strategic move or was that like more, oh, wow, I've just realized all of these credits actually can work for me? Yeah, it's pretty strategic, I would say, uh, decently. So it's like, it's interesting because it really, like you said, depends from school to school. Um, I think with me, like Columbia has a certain credibility and reputability. Um, so it was really easy to transfer those Columbia credits because it's uh-huh. a very 
an institution. Um, Baruch was a little bit harder, but Baruch is also very well. I took business classes there and they're really, really well known for business. Um, so I kind of got pretty lucky there in terms of like transferring credits. Um, yeah, uh, it really depends on like the school, the the schools relate like your current school's relationships with like the other school. Um, I can talk about like the process, like you usually have to hand in always like if you take a college class, always keep the um, syllabus. So um, yeah, so like keeping like they always ask for the syllabus, they ask for your transcript. Um, and they ask for something else. I think it's like a write-up or something and like a form. Um, and so they literally, like these professors just look at the syllabus and your grade and see, okay, um, well, you just basically for Lehigh at least, and I think most schools you just have to pass to get um, the credit. And so it doesn't count towards your GPA, but it counts towards like credit requirements. Um, but yeah, the professor just, they basically look at the university and they look at, or the college and they look at the syllabus and then they say, okay, they probably covered, like this is probably equivalent. So for example, I took Introduction to Economics um, or Principles in, of Economics um, at Columbia, um, which was a four credit class. And then um, I have to take uh, this class called Introduction to Economics. And so I was like, maybe this can transfer over. And so professor look at that and they said, okay, yeah, like this makes sense. Um, they, we covered basically the same content. It's basically the same or right, better rigor. Um, and so like we can transfer these credits into like an introduction to economics, economics class. Um, so the school's name can make a difference because, you know, Columbia, of course it's an Ivy. Most, most people know it, That that's like, part of the reason you were able to transfer i think i think it it kind of make it makes a difference i I mean like it's it's just like more reputable and Mm -hmm. unquote legit um you know it it really depends on like i said the department the professor the school um and a lot of schools like for example lehigh has a really good relationship with like nearby schools and the community colleges nearby so um, sometimes even like probably at, at Lehigh, um, people are, um, are able to, uh, transfer credits more often from those like local community colleges than from a Columbia, let's say, just because professors are more, um, yeah, like they're more accustomed to understanding all these classes and they know more about the classes in general, mm-hmm. um at the local community colleges but yeah and i really like like i think it's a lot of based upon like relationships and um etc so um yeah it's it's like a it's really like you you can't really tell there's no like formula for it so so it's like it just differs based on school to school yeah so i have two more questions about your university no your your school so taking college credits i guess i mean for you in your specific case taking college credits when uh i guess uh admissions officers reading it when they're reading your college application and they're looking at your transcript does a college class is a college class like the equivalent of an ap do they still see it as like really rigorous and such 
Yeah. So were you, I guess, were you considered a, like a really competitive applicant because you took those college classes? It's, it's interesting. I'm not an admissions counselor, so like, I don't know everything. Um, but I will say it probably, like I said, depends on the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and it depends on like what university is, is one well known for. Like, it really depends also on your admissions counselor, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it can be. I think, like, what my school said, which really holds true, is um, people, like, like people like to see, and especially admissions counselors like to see that you took advantage of all the opportunities you could. So, like, you're not going to get penalized if you only have three APs at your school and mm-hmm. then pick one or two because – you know, you didn't have as many options as someone who had literally 40. Um, so it really depends. Um, I will say probably college credits are somewhat equated to, can be equated to APs or IBs. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they're, they're really great to take. Um, it's basically the same thing. It's just like experientially you're taking it at another school, um, in another institution, you'll be taking it with other, like, people in college so i have like friends in colombia now because i took it in mm-hmm. yeah um, i guess so um yeah it's super like it really depends i would say like obviously the more reputable the inter- institution the more impressive it probably looks um but yeah i i would say like the end the the baseline is like being able to take advantage of like what's around you um, to the fullest extent. So whatever that is, whether that's, if you have a lot of APs, obviously, obviously that's a lot of APs. If, if that's a lot of IBs and that's a lot of IBs, if you don't have APs or IBs, then um, maybe you can see if there are college classes around you that you can take. Um, like for, yeah, for me, like I basically barely had any APs, but I took advantage of all the college classes around me. So um, I think that speaks for something, but um yeah, I would just say like bottom line is just like understanding what you have as an option and then pursuing whatever's best, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And my other question is, so I guess, I don't know what to call it, but your school is kind of like a subunit of Columbia University. Not really, but you guys like had a connection there. So I don't know if you applied to Columbia or not, but in your school, because Columbia does allow the students at your school to take classes at Columbia, does it give you or your peers an advantage when applying to Columbia? Do they see like, oh, the student took classes at our school, they succeeded, so they would probably do well here? Does it give you any sort of advantage if you were applying to Columbia specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think the the huge thing is like, we do have a relationship with Columbia, a pretty good one, obviously. Um and a lot of our students do go to Columbia. It's not like guaranteed or anything is a thing. Um, they really look at applicants the same way they would look at any other applicant. Um, I think though, like obviously at the end of the day, like we also do have a lot of our, like a lot of my grade applied to Columbia, like a lot of our school just in general applied to Columbia or Barnard, which is a kind of like the, the sister school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're basically like the same school i don't know if you know um but yeah um yeah so i i will say like the likelihood obviously goes a lot upwards if 
you have more and more students applying. So we do have a decent amount of people who go to Columbia and Barnard. Um, and I think it does help obviously that we have a relationship and it does help that um, like a lot of people get A's and stuff in, in these classes or they show that like they're pretty good. But I don't know, I know people who have literally gotten straight A's in like six, seven Columbia classes and haven't gotten in. So it's really like situational. It's all this college stuff it is. Um, but yeah, it really depends. I will say like we, we do get a lot of Columbia students um, from our, our school. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So one more, I guess, last thing, not last thing, but a few couple things left for transcript. What was your GPA at the end of senior year, both unweighted and weighted? And can you give the scale? Because every school does it differently. So um, at, at the end of senior year? Yeah, whatever you submitted to the colleges. Cool. Um, oh, what I submitted to the colleges or what, what my transcript is at the end of senior year? I can give you both. If you okay, yeah. If, if, it's, if there's a major difference, yeah, can you give us both? It's, I don't think it's a huge major difference. Um, I think I had like a 90.5 90, 90. or 91. Um something of the range or like in between or something so pretty like very low 90s um at the kind of when i was time when i was applying to to colleges and then at the very end of senior year i had like a 92 or something so Mm -hmm. like one percent difference or something um but yeah so i had a pretty low 90 gpa um this was so my school literally so I didn't take any APs. So I didn't have person uh. weighted or unweighted. It was literally just like that was the, my grade. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that was my only grade and it was out of 100. So Yeah, so uh, wait, if, if when a school, I know some schools calculate GPA based off of like the actual percent you got in the class, you know, out of 100. But then do you know for people who did take APs and such, how do you make a GPA out of that that's out of a hundred? Yeah, I think it's just uh, a weight. So like like you said, like I think for example, APs sometimes um just weigh more as a class in general over um a, a normal like high school class. So if I took like regular bio versus AP bio and I got ninety I don't know fives in both, um my my GPA would go up probably like 1.4% versus like 1%. Um, Mm. So so, they just add more percents. Right. It's just like, it's like weighted. So it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like if I have, um, if I do worse in the AP, that means my GPA goes down more. If I do better in the AP, that means GPA goes up more um, significantly more if, if, I do the same in like a college class. Um, okay. It's just weighted more heavily, I would say. Okay. Okay. That makes sense now. Okay. So let's move on to another part of the transcript, I guess we could say, which is SAT, ACT. Which one did you take and what preparation did you have? Was your school like, you know, pressured you to start early, offered like PSAT and ACT, SAT practices? So how was it there? Yeah. Um, this is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I took both um because i was like screw it why not let's let's just see how i do in both and um pick whatever one is best for me uh 
So I did take the PSAT. I have no idea what score I got. Um, I'm a decent test taker, but I'm not like the best. Um, so yeah, that that was like um, I don't remember the PSAT score. I took the SAT I think twice or three times. Um, you're gonna be like, why is this kid even in college? But um, I didn't really study much to be honest for the SAT. SAT. I I never studied for the ACT. I took like probably two practice exams for the ACT and then went to the real exam because um, I didn't care about it as much. It was just a way to see if, hey, like if I got it, um, if I got a really good score, that's really good for me. If I didn't, then oh well. Um, and so I took the SAT. Um, yeah, and then my cumulative score was 1,400. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my score as I, um, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, uh, we, I took like three, I think I took the SAT three times. I got a cumulative score of like 1400. I got like a 1380, 1390, 13, like it was all the same mm-hmm. um, range. And then I got a cumulative score of like 1400, which is what I submitted to schools. Um, cause a lot of most, I think a lot of schools take kind of the, the best math score and the best English score. Um, I did really well in math and didn't do so well on the, the literature English part. Um, but yeah, so that was my score. In terms of preparation, I was enrolled in actually a program called Double Discovery Center at Columbia, Columbia too. Um, and so I got into that program through my school kind of. Um, and so that, that program is really for like um, low-income, usually underrepresented students um, from like diverse backgrounds. Um, so yeah, I, I was enrolled in that program. The program gave me actually a lot of support for college. Um, but one of the main things it, it helped me do um, was like a couple, I, would, I think like nine weeks of SAT prep. Um, so every like Saturday morning or something, um, I would go to this SAT prep in senior year. I also played college, like I told you. So I in soccer, like I told you. So um, <laughs> play college. <laughs> that but um i managed to go almost every week um and so that helped a lot and then i basically just studied on my own with kind of a typical kaplan and mm-hmm. um study books i just like got, accumulated them got a lot from my friends and colleagues and etc and um just like practiced and practiced and online too so mm-hmm. i would say those are like the main two methods and then um yeah, my school did pretty well in terms of like also helping me just understand the basics of the, these tests. Um, so like I had a pretty good math basis already. So like I like knew about math and so I didn't really have to study exactly for the SAT, but all the SAT is also a test where you have to study that the test itself. So um, yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to this a little bit later, like the colleges that you did, event, colleges, universities that you chose and applied to. But with, with the schools that you did apply to, was 1,400 is not low at all. So was a 1,400, like, p- did it put you below average, average or above average, like in comparison to the schools you applied to? Yeah. Um, 
it really depends on the school. So like, oh, so you apply to like a really wide range, right? Yeah. So like, okay. I think like typically you have safeties and um, mm-hmm. targets and reaches. Um, so really dependent on the range. I would say honestly, maybe low for some of the schools I applied to. Um, for Lehigh, it's pretty average or high, like a little bit higher than average, maybe. Um, but yeah, it it depended on the school. I would mm-hmm. say. And you said with the Columbia program, they helped with like low income, more diverse backgrounds. Would you identify with first generation low income? Yeah, yeah, I definitely identify. Yeah. Yeah. Did you use any sort of programs? Honestly, I'm only familiar with QuestBridge. So did you use any programs like QuestBridge in the application process? I personally not. Um, QuestBridge is really good. I know the Gates Foundation has a really good one. Um Posse, I don't know if you've heard of Posse, P-O-S-S-E, I think it's, it is. Um, let me look it up. Um, but yeah, Posse is a really good one. So a lot of my friends are also like the same kind of um, diverse background, low income, first gen. So, um, I, I know a lot of people who actually like got into QuestBridge or got into Posse. Um, yeah, it's PosseFoundation.org, um, P-O-S-S-E um, Foundation. So that's a really great program as well. They pay for your whole tuition for all four years. Um, and so, yeah, I, I personally didn't go through a lot of these programs, but um, definitely recommend trying to, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't hurt. I, I probably should have, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, it was definitely not a choice that I made. So um, yeah, I, I, I think I definitely took advantage of some, some resources though, um, like the, that program. Um, and then the other huge thing is you get like, um, what's it called? Um, you, you get your application fee waivered for all these schools. Um, usually. So if you ask your college counselor, they usually give you kind of this like waiver thing. Um, so I didn't have to pay for, any of my applications, which is nice because kind of 60 bucks for each school kind of adds up. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing is you, you can get your, your applications waived mm-hmm. uh, for applying, when applying to schools. Interesting there. And that's just fine. I was just asking because the, I've interviewed three QuestBridge applicants so far. So I was just wondering if you were the same. Yeah. So let's move on to more ex- fun stuff, which is extracurriculars. So tell me, which extracurriculars did you do throughout high school? Yeah, um, I should actually, one thing on SATs, SAT subject tests. Um, yes, I keep forgetting those. If Yeah, if you have anything to say about those, please do. Like, which ones did um, you take and stuff? I took some sciences and math. I did pretty well in the math. It didn't help me at all. So mm-hmm. take that as you will. Um but I, I did horribly on the sciences, so obviously that doesn't help. Um, but you can kind of choose which ones you submit to the colleges. So like I said before, it doesn't hurt to kind of try. Um, and I didn't study for a lot of those either, which is probably on my, me, myself too. But I think subject tests don't matter as much. Um, they're just like really nice to showcase, especially um, I was applying to engineering. So I was like, okay, I should probably showcase that I'm good at science and math. Um you know, if you're applying to some other, I don't know, poli sci or English or something, it's probably good to take a English subject test or etc. I also took a, I'm fluent in Japanese. 
Um, both my parents are from Japan. I went to school there for a little bit, um, actually a while. And so um, I kind of aced that subject test, um, obviously without studying because I'm to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that helped me a lot, actually, in college because I got eight credits, which is like probably a good $6,000 worth of um, credits. Um, just for wait, subject tests in general or just for your Japanese subject test? Yeah, just for my sub- Japanese subject test because I aced it. So they basically gave me credit for introduction to Japanese and introduction or like medium Japanese or something. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So if, you, if you're fluent in any language, I would say maybe take it. Mm-hmm. Just the college you go to might give you credit for it. Um, so Lehigh gives credits for subject tests as well. Um, some of them, um, specifically language is one of them. So, um, um, but yeah, so I would recommend maybe like looking into, I, I like a lot of this stuff. I just say like, why not? Um, mm-hmm. is kind of my mentality, but yeah, SAT subject test can or cannot be important depending on the school. So I would look that up as well. Oh, that's interesting. I never knew that because I thought SAT subject tests were the same as SAT. You just show them to the school, but you can earn credit. That's incredible. Wow. Um, but yeah, I can talk about extracurriculars. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned one already, which is soccer. So can you take us through soccer? When did you start? Yeah. When did you start? And you did say you traveled for it. So can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Um, so yeah, this is actually really interesting because I got recruited for soccer. Um so, which is a totally different process as like an Whoa, So you weren't like playing on the soccer team in your school. You were actually playing for a team team, a state team. Right. Like a, like an academy team. Um, oh. It was very like competitive. I traveled to, um, so during senior year, I traveled to Italy for like three weeks um, to compete there. Um, we like traveled like all across the nation. Um, at one point we were like number two in the nation, which is really, really exciting. Um, so yeah, I played pretty competitively. When did you start? When did you start? We have to go number two in the nation and you went to Italy. When did you start? No, it's, it's not like, it's just like numbers at that point. But, um, we started, I started, um, when I was like five, so pretty young, mm-hmm. um, five or six. And so I've been playing it most of my life, probably my whole life now, to be honest, since I've been able to walk. Um, and yeah, I grew up in New York City. I always played soccer for a team. Um, in high school, in middle school, got really, really competitive in it. So traveled a lot. Um, and can and, you tell us a little bit about the? What, are you were you recruited as a athlete? So not from Lehigh, which is really interesting. So I was recruited to other schools, um, actually, like several other schools, and. I actually really, this is really interesting. So I like committed to one. Um, and then at the very last second, I actually got off the wait list at Lehigh. Um, and they just gave me a lot more money, like a lot more money. Um, and um, yeah, and they're like, it's a good school and it was a good fit for me academically. So um, kind of like culturally as well. So um yeah, I ended up choosing Lehigh, but that's a whole other story. Um, that's a bit interesting. And I know you didn't choose, you know, you weren't going to Lehigh as an athlete, but can you tell us a little bit about the recruiting process 
even though, I mean, you didn't go to Lehigh as an athlete, but can you tell us a little bit about it? I've interviewed a girl and she was recruited to Swarthmore as a basketball athlete, a recruited basketball athlete. And she said there's like a whole process to being recruited. So can you tell us a little bit about how that went for you? There's, there's a huge front, like especially, so if you're getting recruited for sports, um, obviously the three divisions, um, there's also another one that's not NCAA. Um, but in NCAA, there's three divisions, division one, two, three. Um, there are, yeah, so like usually um, if you really want to pay, play competitively, you either go to really, really good D3 schools, um, really good D1 schools. Um, and then, so like, yeah, I guess like starting the process off, it's hard to break. It really depends on the sport. So I can't speak for every sport at all. Um, I can speak for soccer. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause that's the, that is the sport you did. So you can yeah. tell us about soccer. Um, but yeah, for soccer, it like starts pretty much in like freshman year of mm-hmm. high school. Um, a huge part of it is just going to like tournaments, getting scouted, um, playing for a really good team. Um, and so I played for a pretty good team. And so there were a lot of just college scouts usually, um, watching our games. Um, so it was pretty like nice to, to have that. Um, I'll also say you like, if you want to go to certain school, usually go to, um, reach out to them whenever you go to tournaments or whenever you play games close to those colleges, um, And did you do that? Did you have like colleges already in mind and like, you know, talk with the coaches that were at your games and try to like form a connection? Yeah. So I had a lot of colleges in mind. Um, I was aiming for kind of, so I'm not like incredibly um, great at soccer. I'm like decent, I would say. So I was in, I was aiming for um, a good academic institution, which also, which also had a, like a decent, in good um, soccer program, which basically for me meant um, like middle tier D D one or really high tier D three. Um, for soccer, D two is really weird. Um, but yeah. what's so, the like, difference between D one, D two, D three? Is it like is it just the schools that are part of Division one, Division two, Division three? It's not like Division one is like the almighty tier, and the Division three is less. Like you could have Division three that's better than Division one. Right. Um, it's really it's the school. I don't exactly how to measure it, um, but a lot of these, like, I mean, obviously a lot of the D1 schools are better than the D3 schools, um, more so than less, I would say. Like, I would say probably the top 60% of D1 schools are better than the bottom 90% of the D3 schools. So it's literally just like the top 10, 15% of D3 schools that are really, really good that could probably compete in the D1 mm-hmm. um, category. And so what I was really aiming for was like those top 20, maybe D3 schools that also had really great um, academic kind of um, culture and also what I was looking for, which at the time was engineering. Um, so yeah, I was looking at like really good D3 schools that had a lot of um, like a rigorous engineering program. Um, and so, yeah, looked at like Carnegie Mellon, looked at, um, so the one I actually committed to is called RPI, Rensselaer, Rens- Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
really well known for engineering um, and also really great at soccer. So they're like number 10. At one point, they were like number four in the nation. It was like super, super great soccer program. Um, I also applied to Johns Hopkins. Um, talked to a lot of, I, I got offers from like WPI and um, I'm trying to remember <laughs> all the. That's okay. Uh, We'll get to like the schools a little bit later. I just want to finish with extracurriculars. So obviously soccer was a huge part of your life, huge time commitment. You have to tell us about when you went to Italy. I mean, what would, I mean, you went to Italy, you competed, but like, what else did you do there? How was, how was the trip? Um, Yeah, it was was super fun. Like we, we went to compete, um, but honestly I treated it kind of like a vacation. It was like senior year. Um, Yeah. So I mean, like, I was also very, very serious about soccer. So, like, obviously, we ate well, um, rested well. Like, Where in Italy did you go to? Yeah, so we competed in this thing called the Via Reggio Cup, which is basically um, one of probably the most famous youth tournament in Italy, um, one of the biggest youth tournaments in the world. Um, and so it, it was in this place called Via Reggio, which is on kind of like the west coast of Italy, really near... I want to say um, Florence. Yeah. So it's really like close to Florence, um, really close to like the, have you, have you seen the, like the leaning tower pizza? pizza? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went, we went there. So like you got to kind of explore that part as well. So yeah. So um, it was really close to like pizza and Florence, etc. But yeah, had a really good time. Um, competed pretty hard. Um the competition was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Where did you guys place in a competition? Yeah, we didn't get too far, honestly. Um, so, oh, so is it like, you know, in the three weeks you play multiple games and eventually it's the, like, right. one on... Oh, okay, okay. Like, kind of like the World Cup. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it now. Yeah, you play okay. every few days and then... Um, and then it goes into like knockout rounds and then etc. Um, but yeah, we didn't get we didn't get too far. Um, I will say that the people I play with are like all amazing. They're probably, I think, all of them are either D one schools or have gone pro. Um, so, but making it to that youth tournament in Italy itself looks impressive, right? Like it's yeah, not in- definitely is impressive. Um, so yeah, we the like the players I played with were all super amazing. But um, when you go to Europe, it's also just like another level. Like all of these um, players are just like in Italian youth academies, and probably I don't know fifty percent of them are going to go professional. So um, yeah, I, know. I mean, America in America, soccer is not that like well known, I guess. But in everywhere else in the world, it's like it's like the world sport. So everybody plays there, yeah. Okay, so any other extracurriculars that you have? Um, honestly, I don't know. Okay, so the second biggest one by far has been music. Um, so I went to music school going, growing up, actually, apart from regular school. Um, I played the cello. Um, and then, so I basically, until the end of junior year, um, I think, yeah, um, went to music school every week. So I had like private lessons 
Um, and then, so I would go to this music school there, which is kind of like near Lincoln Center, if you know where that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I would have like chamber music, orchestra, um, learn about music theory, have group lessons, etc. So it's like a pretty solid like music school curriculum thing. Um, but yeah, I've been in that school since I was like four or five. <laughs> and did you have competitions as well for that? Um. I didn't, so there was opportunity to compete. I didn't really compete because I I wasn't, like, very technically good. Um, we had concerts every, like, quote-unquote semester, basically. Um, so we would have to prepare for those semesters. I would say, like, we were supposed to practice at least an hour a day, um, which kind of adds up. So and then on Fridays... Usually, well, when I was younger, it was Saturdays, but when I was older, it was Friday um, from 3 p.m. to like 10, 10 30, 11 p.m. That would be like the time that I like would basically have back to back like classes and school and, and music school. And then one other day, usually I think it was Tuesdays for me, I would also have like a lesson for an hour. Um, so, pretty, it was pretty rigorous, but. Um, yeah, so like literally all I did in high school <laughs> was play music or make music. I also produce now. Um, and then also play soccer. And then that that was pretty much it. I didn't do anything outside mm-hmm. of school really, like uh, except and for like with, yeah, with music school, did you ever have the intention of I'm not very musically apt. <laughs> at all at all but did you ever have like the intention of applying to a couple music schools i know the big ones like curtis juilliard yeah that's pretty much all i know but did you ever have the intention of of applying to a music school were you ever considering going to one yeah um i had no intention i would say like Mm -hmm. no intention um i firstly like i wouldn't get in (laughs) um those are crazy competitive i've heard there's like two spots for some instruments so pretty bad um especially because like i'm playing i play the cello which is like i guess less competitive than the violin and probably the third most competitive (laughs) um after those two so um yeah it's definitely definitely not top of mind for me um i do know a lot of people like i had a lot of friends who went to like juilliard pre-college um who still didn't go to kind of like Juilliard or um, Curtis or Peabody or all these other musical institutions. So um, yeah, but they're, they're still playing music right now at like their respective schools. Um, I'm still minoring in music. I'm just not doing classical music anymore. I'm just taking my knowledge of music and music theory into different like genre um, mm-hmm. at my school, but that's, yeah. I will say, like, most people I know who played music or did music are still continuing it in some way, shape, or form, but not at, like, the the rate as, as like, Curtis and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, that's that still sounds incredible. So are those, like, the two main extracurriculars that you had? Yeah, I would say those are, like, the two main things. So then, like, I would play the cello or, like, whatever instrument at school if, like, needed. Um and then, so, like, I played it for, like, the school, like, the theater program and, like, like events and stuff sometimes. Um, 
And then I also played some school soccer. Um, so I can, I played both school and academy, um, which in the fall I was kind of like my body was wrecked, but, um, yeah, so like it was mainly basically soccer and school form. Um, I was captain of the school team, which really helped with like leaders showing leadership, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I basically just played soccer and then um, made music or played music. And that was it. <laughs> so uh, I, didn't, I took classes and mm-hmm. college classes and high school classes. And that, that was led my life. So those three things, I would say. <laughs> so you didn't join like any clubs honor societies at school nah um absolutely not i would say like yeah like i think a huge part of it for me like academically it was good because i was able to take like classes at columbian baruch um and then i interned for like a really good investment bank junior year through the columbia program um oh you have to tell us about that that totally counts as an extracurricular Um, yeah yeah. can you tell us a little bit about your internship yeah um i interned at an investment banking place called macquarie group um which is i think the number one or two or something australian bank um and so they have like billions of dollars assets under management um super huge company if you go into finance like basically everyone knows about macquarie um because they're, they're like a tier I don't know, like if everyone knows about like Morgan Stanley and like um, City and like those banks, but it's like a tier below those. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still well known. Um, got the opportunity through the program I was talking about, the low income mm-hmm. uh, program. So they basically, um, Macquarie and that program and other programs have like a um, <laughs> program that allows you to basically like interview like any other like college applicant um and interned there in high school so i was part of a cohort of like 10 i I would say like 15 students high school students um it's all from like pretty diverse backgrounds um and so yeah we we interned there and yeah i i mean i had a pretty good time they paid us well um yeah so it was it was good you said this is in australia you didn't go to australia right it was like a unit in new york Right, we were in the okay. New York office, so they have a really good, nice, really nice New York City office. So um, I commuted from home to there in the summer of junior year of high school, um, which I think helps in terms of like experience. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I said, it's like literally just been soccer, music, and like academics. I, I didn't do too well in high school either, so it's like like taking classes at like other institutions in, in high school other than that internship is probably my main like mm-hmm. academically focused extracurricular. Yeah. That's interesting. You said you were interested in engineering and I guess more STEM in general. Yeah, I guess engineering. Why did you choose to do an investment bank internship? Were you also interested in that at some point? Yeah, so I think I was just generally interested in finance and um, business uh Right now, I'm really am too. Um, plus, so like kind of the investment banking side of it. Um, right now, I'm. I think I told you I'm really interested in immersed in kind of startup space, the the venture capital space, and kind of the creator space. Um, 
back then I really thought I really wanted to do like finance and investment banking or kind of like engineering. Um, and so, yeah, I did. And then we basically, our school was for math, science and engineering. And so we took engineering classes every single kind of semester. So I was constantly engineering classes. So I thought that's what I wanted to do. It's also like a technical skill set. Um, I have Asian parents. I like to joke. So it's like my mom's Asian and she, she really wanted me to engineering um, rather than, you know, business. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's the primary reason why I did, I majored going into engineering and then um, the investment banking thing was also just like, I was kind of interested in finance and business um, and it was a good opportunity. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great segue into picking colleges, you know, looking at colleges and actually applying to them. So when you were looking for colleges, you did say you were a recruit. Yeah, a recruited athlete and athletics was a big part. But were you also looking for schools with engineering programs? Because I know Lehigh ranks one of the top for at least industrial engineering, which you said you do. So were you looking into engineering schools as well? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the requirement, actually. So I knew I had to like come to certain schools in certain ways. So I literally just looked for schools that had engineering programs. So I didn't apply to any schools that didn't have any engineering programs. Um, which looking back, because I didn't do engineering, it's like like I'm not in I'm I am technically industrial systems engineering, but I'm probably looking to go into business information systems. So I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, it's like looking back on it, like I wish I had kind of applied to more diversity of schools in terms of like curriculum. Um, but yeah, applied to a bunch of like schools. Um, I think my filter was one, they had engineering Two, um, they were like, I, I really like kind of like having one-on-one conversations and having more like curated attention. Um, so smaller population. So for me, I wanted, um, not like tiny school, but like small to medium sized school. Um, I didn't want any, like to go to state school. I wanted to go to like a, school basically that had under like maximum 15,000 school students, um, probably more like 12 or 10,000, but um, really wanted to go to like a smaller school um, that had engineering, that had a good soccer program, um, ideally. So, and then, yeah, so those were the filters, which is pretty, like if you put those filters on, um, it becomes a pretty narrow list. And then, all of those schools are very competitive. So, um, and which schools were they? What were the colleges, universities that you eventually picked and applied to? The schools were pretty small. I think it was like Johns Hopkins, Carnegie Mellon. Oh, I, I think I have to also note that I got recruited in early fall of senior year. So usually people like EDs usually like later fall, like November, December, um, and then regular decisions usually I think April. Um, so, um, yeah, I got recruited in like September or something. So by that time I basically already had, um, a guarantee to go to the school that I was speaking about, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, um, which is RPI. Um, so for me, it was a really solid option because they had a really, really great engineering program. They were a smaller school and their soccer program was really, really great. 
Um, the facilities are amazing. The coach is good. The team is really great. So um, that was like a really great school for me. Um, then why so, did you choose Lehigh if that was such a good school? Yeah, so, so I can I can give you the story about this as well. So mm-hmm. um, usually people choose like safeties and targets and reaches and they like have different um, kind of divisions. So like sometimes people have eight targets and like four reaches and like two safeties or something. Um, I had a totally different strategy because so like don't do this. Um, definitely like like balance it out if you if you're applying academically especially um but because i had kind of like that safety net as like hey now i i have an offer and basically i can commit to rpi anytime let me shoot for every single school that i think is above rpi um kind of so like shoot for every school that that i would want to attend like i would think of attending um over like RPI, which basically guaranteed me a really good engineering degree. Um, really good. Yeah. I think the two cons about RPI for me was um, culture. So it's like 70% guys or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then it was also just like they didn't give me great aid um, or scholarship money. So they didn't give me much money in general. Um, it was like a good amount, but it wasn't like amazing. Um, so like I, yeah. Um, so kind of like went through that whole process. Um, and so I, I literally applied to like every single school that I thought like, I'm like, I might want to attend. Um, so after that, uh, that RPI was like, the filter was um, schools that basically would give me good money um, through scholarship or through aid. Um, and then schools that were kind of academically maybe more rigorous um, than kind of RPI and schools that were more culturally a fit for me as a person than RPI. So that list was probably like, 15 different schools that I applied to. Um, so after you got accepted into RPI, which you said was like early fall, you applied to 15 other schools? Yeah, it's like 15 other schools. Um, and yeah, so that list includes like Dartmouth, Cornell, um, Northeastern, Lehigh, obviously, um, Bucknell. Um, I applied to my state school for some reason, just because like, I don't know. So my friends were, I was like, okay, why not? So I applied to SUNY Binghamton, which is like the local, like New York state school. Uh, it's like one of the be- best ones, I think for, for New York. Um, what else did I apply? I applied to like, um, Bucknell. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, and also in Pennsylvania, I applied to, um, Tufts, Swarthmore. Um, I don't think I applied to Penn. I might have. Um, you Penn or Penn State? You Penn. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I applied to Harvey Mudd. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is I, significantly hard to get into if you're a male <laughs> to Harvey yeah. Mudd. Um, and like a couple other schools of the sort. So like 
just like really great academic schools that had good engineering programs. Um, and fun fact, I didn't get into any. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I got into Lehigh. Um, so I actually got into one. Um, but other than that, I got, I even got waitlisted from my local state school, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. Um, so I got waitlisted from the state school. Um, I got waitlisted from like five other schools, I will say. Um, so I, I think in total, I got waitlisted on like six schools. Um, and then I got um, declined from literally the rest of them. Except we high. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, well, I was waitlisted for Lehigh as well. So basically, um, until July, so I think it was July 4th, actually. So until July, I thought I was going to RPI. Um, and I was like, I was like happy with it because, you know, it was a good engineering program, smaller school, um, really great soccer program. Um, so it was like really good fit. And, um, and then I got an email from Lehigh saying that I got off the wait list. And then I was like, what? Um, and so I was in Japan at that time, actually. And so I decided to fly back early um, to the U.S. Um, because it was already July and school would start in like mid-August. Um, so I had to... Wait, like, wait, so you mean a month and a half before you actually start college? Right. You were choosing Lehigh? Wait, how does that work? I thought students like... You receive your acceptances by a certain date and then by another certain date, you have to say, okay, I'm going to this school. How does it work that in the summer you can suddenly get off the wait list and then change it? Uh, it was just a really, really late wait list um, response. And so, um, yeah, I like I already had put my deposit down for RPI. It, it, like literally everything was in line. Like I was supposed to, so I was actually supposed to go to preseason end of July, like literally a week a week after i got that email so i was like or two maybe two weeks um so like very like like mid-july um and so within that two weeks i basically had to decide like whether or not i was gonna go to the school or not and um i was supposed to fly back from japan like within two days of like preseason get get to new york and then drive up to rpi um, for preseason because for soccer um, and yeah like I I was just like okay like let me visit Lehigh first because I had visited one time before but like I wasn't really considering it that much um, so I was like okay let me like visit this place first see what it's like obviously in mid like July mid-July there's no one there um, but I like just walked around. I, I had to go back by myself too because my mom had to stay in um, Japan. So like I went back by myself. I came back to New York City, dropped off my stuff, took the first bus to Pennsylvania, um, hopped off the bus, like took an Uber to the Lehigh campus and like literally walked around for like a long time um, and called my college counselor, called some of my friends called my mom, um, called some other people and yeah, um, basically decided like there to go there. Um, so like two weeks before your preseason at RPI, you decided to go to Lehigh? Yeah, it's, it's a funny story. Um, but yeah, like the reason why I chose at the end of the day was also because like 
Um, they gave me Lehigh meets a hundred percent need based aid. Um, but also they're pretty, they have a lot of scholarships. They have a lot of great funding. Um, it is a private institution. So because I am lower income, um, actually this is a kind of like a trick. If you are lower income, apply to more private institutions, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's because they have more money. So usually they can give more aid, um, and they can give more scholarship money. Um, so yeah, Lehigh by far has given me an amazing financial package. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was like, okay, like I can probably, um, graduate college debt-free, which I definitely couldn't have at RPI. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to, maybe I can probably play soccer. So like, I can probably walk on if I really wanted to, um, I can probably like compete if I, if I found, um, if I really wanted to play soccer as well. And then, um, yeah, like the culture is just like, it's like much more balanced in terms of gender. It's, it's a very like Greek life oriented school, but it's also very like fun. Um, very like our motto is like work hard, play hard. Um, which is like kind of me as a personality as well. Um, and the, also the big thing was they had a really great engineering school. Um, and they have a really good business school. So if I wanted to do both or either or, or transfer, um, I knew engineering or business were the two things that I wanted to do. Um, and so whatever that be, I knew that I had options. And so that, that's been really paying off right now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so decided to go to Lehigh two weeks before preseason, called up my coach um, at RPI and basically told him like, yeah, like I can't, like I, I'm deciding to go to Lehigh. Um, He was, he was total G about it. He was super chill about it. Um, He asked about like my financial package, et cetera. And he was like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Like if if my son, like I probably want you to go to Lehigh as well. Um, yeah, who's super chill about it, which is really great. Um, yeah. And one thing I want to discuss before we get into Lehigh college experience, completely yeah. went over my head, is the actual college application, you know, the essays and the yeah. little supplementals. So did you apply Common App to most of your schools? Yeah, I think Common App to all of my schools, actually. Okay, um, and what did you write your personal statement about? Like, what was the... You don't need yeah. to give every word. I'm just saying like the main idea, how did you come upon it? And then, you know, did you do a bunch of revision on it? Have a lot of people look over it? How was the process for writing your big personal statement? Yeah. Um, so my essay was about, um, so I went to, I grew up going to school both in Japan and America until basically the end of middle school. Um, and so like, it's, it's a long, but basically I went to, um, school from like September to like April-ish or something and then I would go to school in Japan like a regular public school in Japan in Tokyo from April-ish or May-ish or whatever um, my American school would I would dip from my American school and then I would go there until September so basically I had school year-round um, <laughs> and so uh, I wrote about my experiences growing up in very different environments obviously like school in japan is much 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 more different than school in america and vice versa um so yeah that was my main and like understanding how to balance my kind of japanese cultural and academic um 
kind of viewpoints and, and experiences with my American ones and how that mm-hmm. defines basically. Yeah. Oh, I have a question. You don't have to answer this if you're not comfortable with it, but did you go to Japan to be closer to family in the yeah. summers? Um, yeah, totally. I think like my whole family is in Tokyo. So um, I lived with my grandma while I was attending these like schools. Um, really appreciate my mom for it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I also don't think I mentioned this, but I grew up mostly with my mom. Um most of my life so yeah super like it was really great to like have family um my mom loves staying in japan obviously and then it was just great like immersion culturally um into like now i really understand japanese culture but also um it's just like japanese education is (laughs) much better especially at an early age than american so is it um, much more rigorous it's just much more rigorous it's much more accelerated so it, it just like helped me a lot more um, growing up so like that's also why I was able to probably get into like the high school that I did or like I guess it's also a middle school too so I was I've been there since middle school but um, yeah it contributed to a lot of my academic success as well mm, okay and with from I told you I interviewed a recruited athlete from Swarthmore and she said that her college application process even as a recruited athlete you still go through the same thing common app supplementals it's just you, they see that you're a recruited athlete as well, I think. So was that how it went for you? You applied regular Common App like everyone, but you had the sort of check mark that like, you know, they're a recruited athlete. If they come in, they'll be a recruited athlete. Yeah. So it really depends on um, a couple of things. Like the first is the division. So basically for D3, um, you can't, so like for D3, you can't, first of all, get scholarships for um, being an athlete or like merit, like um, like those kinds of scholarships you, you can't get for an athlete. Um, same for Ivy League, you can't get scholarships as an athlete, um, but you can get them at like other D1 schools, etc. cetera. Um, and then the second thing is um, at D1 schools, usually if the co- coaches want you, you're automatically in. Like it doesn't matter like, with the admissions people say like if they want you you're in mm-hmm. um for d3 it's less so that but f- coaches have a lot of leverage especially at certain schools um so basically like if you're not like very very off the the grading like the like acu- like the um gpa transcript stuff yeah um then they basically it's like automatic um acceptance so it really depends on how hard the coaches push for you and how much coach how much leverage the coach has so for example a coach who's been out of school for 20 years probably has a lot more leverage and also a lot more of a relationship with the admissions office um so it really depends uh i will say for d3 it's a little bit different than d1 um in that they usually can't guarantee anything but um yeah, like if you go to like, like, yeah, usually like if your grades aren't like too off um, and if, my, if your ST isn't like way off um, and the coaches really want you, you're, you're in. Um, but you still have to go through like the process. Um, but it, it basically doesn't really matter what you write at that point. Um, so this is for like the top of the top athletes, you know, 
all the schools want them? Is that the kind of athletes that they'll make an exception for? Um, I will. So like for D one, um, the top of the top athletes, they'll make an exception for like anyone, uh, basically, uh, this is for soccer too. So I don't know about other schools. Um, I imagine it's similar, um, for Ivy leagues, it's kind of the same. Um, but they also like, it's academics do weigh a little more heavily. Um, but the main thing with Ivy Leagues is you can't get scholarship from being an athlete from other schools. For example, if I went to like Ohio State or something, I could probably get, I don't know, 30000 off of my tuition or something if I were an athlete. And like coaches use that as an incentive to come um, to that school. And so, um, and then for like a lot of good players also go to like really great D3 schools like Tufts, um, Amherst, etc. And so, um they also can't give merit scholarships, but um, what coaches can do is say like, hey, like we really want you. Even if your grades are like a little low, coaches can usually like push for you. Um, say like, hey, he's a really great player. I really want him. Um, mm. So yeah, usually it's like maximum eight players or something in their class. So usually like they push for a couple out of that eight, but yeah. That's incredible. And I never knew like, that was that much of an advantage. That's it for my interview with Ami. Make sure to subscribe so you know when part two comes out. Also check out my blog, collegerealitycheck.com and my Instagram, underscore a college kid underscore. Well, other than that, I hope to see you in the next one.